0: Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name's Austin. Once again, DJ is not here. Hopefully this is the last week that he will not be here. This is though our 50th episode of the year and it's our fourth episode in our deep dive of Dragon Quest Seven. So there's lots of reasons to celebrate. Also, It's almost Christmas, so Merry Christmas to everybody who is celebrating. If you don't celebrate Christmas, then happy December 24th, 25th, whatever day you're listening to this. Have a happy day anyway. This week, though, we're talking about all the fun human and monster vocations in the game, as well as celebrating it kind of being the holidays by giving away a PSN, Xbox, or Nintendo eShop gift card to one of our lucky patrons just as a way of saying thanks for your support this past year. Now, there are some spoilers ahead, so please consider yourself warned. Vocations are divided up into two main categories in Dragon Quest Seven. There's human vocations, and then there's monsters vocations. And in today's episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about both of them. First, though, I really want to talk about monster vocations. Getting to play as monsters, it's just super fun. It makes DQ7 pretty unique from the rest of the series in this regard. Admittedly, I didn't use monster vocations too often, but I did experiment with them enough to get my, on my like, subsequent playthroughs of DQ7 that I got a pretty good understanding of what makes some of them so great. Monster vocations, for those of you who maybe haven't experimented with them or, uh, or didn't, didn't use them in DQ7, or haven't played Dragon Quest Seven yet? They work a little differently than like human jobs in like DQ Seven, DQ Nine, things like that. In order to become one of these monsters, you which you literally turn into the monster, uh, you have to find a monster heart. They're called hearts, capital H there. Hearts. Uh, they're obtained in several ways. Uh, they're found in treasure chests uh, or you know in dungeons. Basically anywhere that loot is gonna be. They're also rare drops after defeating certain monsters. Uh, the drop rate, from what I can tell, is, is pretty low for monsters in the wild, and uh, not every monster in the game can drop a heart. So if you if you see a monster, uh, make sure that you look at it like a fat or something first to make sure that it actually can drop a heart. That way, you're not just like mercilessly killing this monster for like 20 hours without getting a heart because a heart doesn't exist. If you do get one though, then you can take it to All Trades Abbey. And it will show up on your vocations list there if that person has the heart in their items list. Fun fact, I did not know this. If it's not showing up, make sure you have the heart in the right character's inventory. Like for me, I went at one point to turn like Maribel into a chimera or something. And the chimera heart was in the bag. It wasn't on Maribel at the time. So I had to actually put it in Maribel's inventory to make sure that it would... That she could turn into a chimera. So if you haven't done this before, then you know there's that. Also, monster vocations, like human vocations, there's intermediate vocations, is what they're called. They're basically uh, you have like the beginner ones that they're easier to obtain, they're not super powerful. You have the intermediate vocations in this game, which are like the better ones, and then you have advanced, which is like best of the best, right? So I wanted to talk about some of my just favorite monster vocations for whatever reason. I'm not saying these are even the best vocations necessarily. They're just the ones that really stuck out to me as I was playing the game. And I wanted to mention a few of those in today's episode. I have to mention King Fuchsia, number one, because it's not great. Okay, King Fuchsia, it's, it's pretty basic. <laughs> it looks cool. I mean, if you've never seen a King Fuchsia, it's like a bird with a flower for a head. And it looks really great, but it's not like a good fighter or anything. Mostly, I remember it because this was the first monster I ever turned into the very first time I was playing Dragon Quest Seven. It was pretty good at the time. I mean, you learn heal pretty quickly with it. A heal song is especially useful. So, I mean, there were some good things uh, that came from that, but... Mostly the reason I remember the King Fuchsia monster vocation is purely because it was the first one that I really experimented with. Another one that I have to mention is the slime. The blue slime. Like the slimes that you're going to kill in any Dragon Quest game, you know your HP is low, stats are terrible, but hey, you get to play as a slime in a game. I mean, this is one of the very few times in a Dragon Quest game that you get to play as a slime. Might have even been the first time you get to play as a slime in a Dragon Quest game, now that I think about it. Plus, leveling up a slime can give you some pretty good intermediate monster vocations later on. And honestly, it's kind of just fun to turn into a slime and, you know, run around as a slime, fight monsters as a slime. As a long-term investment, maybe being a slime isn't so great, but... Overall, I think a slime is is a pretty cool monster vocation to get to turn into. uh, Which kind of leads into a couple of other slime vocations that you can get that I enjoy. There's Drake Slime, uh, which I think happens if you master a slime and a Mandrake Major. You get the Drake Slime, the little dragon slime. Uh, It's half dragon, half slime. You can get it from a heart drop or you can get lucky at the casino and win one with the uh, Lucky Panel minigame. The Drake Slime has some cool air attacks. Uh, that are kind of like breath attacks in the human vocations. So if you like breath attacks, then Drake Slime is probably one that you're gonna enjoy. Plus, you can learn an ability that turns you into a dragon. I cannot remember the name of the ability right now, but still. An ability that turns you into a dragon. I mean, that's always cool. Then you have Heal Slime. That's the other slime I wanted to talk about. Yes, I guess it's technically a beginner monster vocation, but you know, it specializes in healing spells, and if you need some heals early in the game, Heal Slime can be a good way to go. It even has some healing spells early on that heal all your party members, which is a pretty hot commodity, especially early in the game. You know, if you have a Sage or, or a higher-end Human Vocation already, then a Heal Slime is gonna is gonna feel pretty underwhelming, but I really like the Heal Slime, and you know, you get to play as a Heal Slime. That's always cool. Also, I have to mention the Golem. I mean, the Golem, it's iconic in Dragon Quest, just like the Slime. And even though it's an intermediate vocation, so it's pretty powerful, uh, most of the reason why I'm mentioning it is because, I mean, it's a golem. And I know that if BJ were here in today's episode, (laughs) that he would uh, talk about the golem because, you know, he loves golems. You guys who listen to this podcast regularly probably know that. So, of course, he would be mentioning the golem at this point. And I would also mention to him that... I think it leads to one of the best monster vocations in the game, which is the automaton which I'm totally going to talk about. And the Golem, it's nice. It's got some good abilities, and it gets you the automaton eventually. Before you get to the automaton though, you also need an Automaton. They're the they're the robots. They have, like, an axe and, like, a, a mace, maybe, as their other weapon. And you have to master Automaton and Golem in order to get automaton I think... Automaton is the better of the two between it and Golem, just because it has stuff like metal cut, which is good for like uh, metal enemies, and then you can also do quad hit, po 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 po, which is just multi fist over and over and over again, which is really nice if you like to deal damage. And typically, when I play a Dragon Quest game, I'm more about pa 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 quick damage, one after another after another. I much prefer the like hard hitting stuff than than defensive or like strategic. <laughs> I'm just that guy that like runs into a crowd of enemies with like a sword or like Han Solo in a new hope. Him and Chewie they just run into like the stormtroopers. Han shoots one of them and then runs away. That that's kind of like my strategy <laughs> in video games. So, some other monster vocations that I wanted to talk about, there is the Grapevine, which is one of the better advanced monster vocations. And I personally have never played as a Grapevine. I've heard some fantastic things about it, so I wanted to, to mention it today. I think most people seem to love it because of its debuff attacks. It's got poison paralysis, things like that. But it has Mega Magic, which it, you get, I think, after you master Grapevine. You unlock Mega Magic, which drains all of your MP, but it does cause massive amounts of damage to all enemies, so it sounds like the kind of spell I would like, even though I don't like having no MP. Those kind of moves in Dragon Quest games always make me pause, because I, I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to, like, combat. I want to take all these enemies out in combat, but I don't necessarily want to, like, drain all my MP and then waste another turn restoring my MP. So I, I never know what to do with these, with those kind of moves. but. I think that's why people love grapevine so much. Then, of course, I have to talk about Slatomaton, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago. That is from Automaton and Golem. Slatomaton, though, it has some nice moves. It kind of looks like it, a, a, like an Estark type enemy. Uh, for those of you who've played Dragon Quest IV, it's got like Rain Slash, Backflip, Zap. It's got all of these cool moves that can hit all your enemies at one time for a lot of damage, which is why it's super cool. You have a Falcon Slash move. It's not called Falcon Slash when it's on because the monster abilities have different names for some reason, but it's basically Falcon Slash. And you have Hell Blast, which I mean, is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's like this, this huge blast of, of energy that can wipe out big groups of enemies. And speaking of... As Stark, there's actually a monster vocation uh, known as Ursatz. As Stark, Ursatz is in fake, as Stark is as in you know, the big boss. In terms of looks, uh, this is pretty much just like a purple version of Slotomaton. I think it's supposed to be better. I have not played Ursatz. Stark either, but I think it's supposed to be better because of the different moves that you learn and everything from it. There is a super rare chance that you will get it from the Ursatz. Stark. Uh, monster. Mostly you learn like cool elemental slashes, metal cut is there, Giga slash, all that kind of cool stuff. Disruptive wave you can also learn. So if you're ever like fighting a boss in Dragon Quest and you get hit with Disruptive Wave, which always sucks, and every time I get hit by it, I'm just like, oh, really? But if you have Ursats Estark, then you can totally learn Disruptive Wave, which is awesome, and you can uh, hit enemies with it. So you can give them a taste of their own medicine there. But before I completely end my whole Discussion, rave, uh, madman conversation about monster vocations in Dragon Quest Seven. I do have to mention the Platinum King Jewel. It's probably the hardest monster vocation to obtain through mastering vocations because you have to master like a whole bunch. I think you have to master Ursatz Stark and a couple of other rare ones. If you like mini metal hunting, like I do, then you can totally grab one of the hearts. Uh, when you get to 100 mini metals, which is the way i would recommend i mean i like middle mini metal hunting so of course this is the way i'm going to get the, the platinum king jewel for whatever reason you can obtain it however you want it's an amazing healer uh, you have revive uh, you have heal us all uh, which you know restores everybody's health all the way back up to full health you also get some good offensive spells like big bang uh, which is kind of like uh, Big Banga, the Big Banga spell for Ages, Platinum King Jewel. It's just, it's really cool. It's probably the best monster vocation in the game. I know someone listening probably disagrees with me on that, but that's okay. You can, you can let me know. Remember, we're on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can let me know if you think there's a better monster vocation out there. But my number one would definitely have to go to Platinum King Jewel. Now we also have to talk about human vocations that exist in Dragon Quest Seven. But first, we did go to Twitter, as usual, and ask people what some of their favorite monster and human vocations were. So I want to take just a moment to read a few of these that people submitted. And thanks again to anyone who submitted answers for all of this. I'm going to try to read all or as many as I can right now. Rice and Tomato said Hero Class, which is a human vocation, Draws the power of former heroes to save the world. And that was in quotes. And Hero Class is definitely one of my favorites as well. Totally going to be talking about that in Human Vocations in a moment. Freezer, Black Lives Matter, said, Obvious answer is any that change how the wolf looks. The wolf even gets a Zenithian helmet-looking thing if Ruff is a hero. I think Pirate is nice because it's unique to this game and works with the themes of the hero. And then she also shared a picture of Ruff riding a wolf Legendary Zenithian doggy, which is totally true. And yes, I'm going to have to agree. The jobs for Ruff are always fun because of the wolf that's there with you as well. Even with jobs that I did not give Ruff, I always liked clicking through and seeing like what the how the jobs looked on all the characters. That was definitely a fun part of Dragon Quest Seven for me. Soda T said, "Monster Master." Leading up to it with Thief and shepherd was meh, but once you get Scorch, Ruff was nuking random encounters for zero MP, which helps a lot when I want to save MP for my other vocations when I get to a boss. And Monster Master was one of the vocations that I had a lot of fun with as well. Sparrow said Prism Peacock, which is also their profile picture on Twitter. I beat the main story boss with a party of four of them which is just super awesome. I don't know that I ever got Prism Peacock as a monster vocation in Dragon Quest Seven. now that I'm like racking my brain trying to think about it, uh, but just the fact that you beat the main story boss with a party of four of them is just super cool. Beating the main story boss with four of any monster vocations is just really cool. Super Mustache Pika said, Gladiator was one of my favorites. They're Sage and Hero 2. And yes, to all three of those. I think I've mentioned Gladiator in like Dragon Quest X and Dragon Quest IX episodes we've done. Gladiator is just one of my favorite Dragon Quest classes in general. Love it. Corey Fong said, I always like the pirate outfit, which pirate outfit, yes. Pirate outfits always look cool. Itsumo said, I love the sailor one. I don't think I've seen it before this game, and I love the idea of the hero becoming a sailor, just like his old man. Which I thought was really cool and is one of those things that I totally never thought of. Is that, you know, you're a fisherman's son and you get to be a sailor. Which makes sense and is really cool. Then, Wenli Smith said, Always sage with a heart emoji. And yes, definitely, sage is at the top of my list as well. As you'll see when I start talking about all the human vocations I enjoyed in Dragon Quest Seven. Before I hop into talking about human vocations with Dragon Quest 7, though, it is time for some shameless self-promotion. Shameless, 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 shameless. So, quick shout out to all of our Patreon patrons. Just a huge thank you to everyone who has supported us this past year. I mean, we really appreciate... All of you guys, and as a way of saying thank you, BJ and I wanted to give away a gift card, PSN, Xbox, or Nintendo's eShop for any of our current patrons, uh, just as a way of saying thank you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. So we put all of our patrons' names into one of those fancy little spinning wheels like we like to do and there's actually a lot of you guys which i'm excited about like when when we first started having a patreon page for dragon quest fm there were like six people and now there's much more than that so i like that there's such a variety of patrons that we have and so i just thank you guys so much for all your support this past year so while this wheel is spinning I'm gonna remind everybody that our Patreon can be found at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. So if you would like to join our community, please do that. We like giving away stuff. Uh, You get a sticker for joining. We give away a mini metal mug as an anniversary gift once you've been with us for a year. Uh, You get access to all sorts of cool mini sods, posts, press start digital magazine that BJ's been working on. All of this cool stuff is at our Patreon page. So if you wanna join our community, You can totally do that. Our winner, though, of the gift card is Jennifer Wood. So congratulations, Jennifer Wood. Uh, Just let us know here on Patreon or on Twitter, wherever, you know where to find us. Just let us know if you want that gift card for PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo, and we'll send that along. Special thanks to Jennifer and to all of our patrons. And if you're listening to this episode, patrons, or anyone I do want to mention, please review our podcast. It's the holidays. Give us a gift that's completely free. It only takes a moment of your time. And if you enjoy Dragon Quest FM, please just take a moment to leave a little review. Even if you don't write anything and you just click five stars there, it lets people know that, hey, we're a podcast that puts out content every week, that you like us, that other people should give us a shot, and it helps kind of expose us to a wider audience. Now back to the episode. It's time to talk about human vocations in Dragon Quest VII, which is arguably my favorite part of the entire game. I've said this in countless episodes, but the vocation system in Dragon Quest VII is my favorite thing about the game. It's my favorite job system in any game I have ever played. So of course, I have to rave about it in today's episode. Now, like Monster Vocations, just in case somebody kind of zoned out when I was talking about this. There are beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels. So some of these vocations, in order to unlock them, you're gonna to have to master like beginner vocations, earlier vocations in order to unlock them. First of all, I do have to mention, this was on, on BJ and my notes to talk about today, is the vocation system you unlock like a good chunk of the way into the game. I mean, the game is like really long, depending on how you play it. It can be even like 100 hours long. And the vocation system doesn't even unlock until like 15 hours in, maybe longer, depending on your play style. So this isn't something that you're going to get to just very quickly, very easily from the get-go. But once you get to All Trades Abbey, you do everything to unlock All Trades Abbey, uh, then you get a pretty good uh, range of jobs to try to choose from. And, and some of them, they're your typical JRPG classes, you know, like Warrior, Thief, Mage, things like that. Uh, but then some of them get much more into typical Dragon Quest vocations, like Troubadour and shepherd. So I'm gonna talk about some of my favorite Dragon Quest Seven vocations. First one I have to mention is Warrior. I mean, it's one of those beginner vocations, and of course it's the first one that I put my hero onto. I let him be a warrior. Always enjoy warrior classes in video games. That's my class in Dragon Quest X. I play as a warrior. I loved the warrior in Final Fantasy Three. So, of course, I've got to talk about the Warrior in DQ7 here. Mercurial Thrust, which has you attack an enemy before anyone else can act, is really nice. And Mercurial Thrust is one of my favorite Quest abilities just in general. And Warrior has that, which makes it great. In terms of a healer priest, you can get as a beginner vocation, and it lets you learn... Some pretty helpful things like Full Hill and Zing really early on, especially if you can take some time to kind of grind up Priest and Warrior quickly, then those two classes are really gonna gonna help. Then there's Monster Masher. I told you I was gonna talk about it. It's an intermediate vocation that you get by unlocking Thief and Shepherd. The Monster Masher uh, has Breath Attacks, which are super cool, and you have a chance, once you defeat a monster, you have a chance of sending them back to the to the monster farm, the haven, whatever it's called, for a later meetup. That's kind of a cool like monster collecting mechanic uh, when you're using Monster Masher. It's not just especially powerful, but it, it's really fun and it's a great way to like build up your little monster friends and, and start collecting those. Martial Artist is another fun one. Uh, I like martial artist jobs. Uh, I think I've even said that in an episode like Elena from from Dragon Quest IV, Jade from Dragon Quest XI. I mean, I just really like martial artist types. Plus, martial artist, it's necessary to get some of my favorite vocations in the entire game, like Gladiator, Paladin, Champion, all of those. Roundhouse Kick, wind sickles are some of the standout abilities to me for martial artist. Then you have Paladin, which I enjoy Paladin classes in games. Kind of like Warrior, Paladin classes are always one of those that I really stick with. My main hero in Dragon Quest IX was a Paladin. I mean, Paladins in Dragon Quest Seven they have Kazing, which, you know, raises an ally back to full health after they're unconscious. You have Magic Barrier, oomph, uh, Pearly Gates. I mean, there's just like so many great abilities that Paladins get. Then there's Gladiator, which I think maybe, in terms of Dragon Quest Seven that maybe Gladiator is just a little bit better to me than Paladin. Paladin is great because it has heals and stat boosts and things like that. But Gladiator is really nice because you have you have Falcon Slash, so you can attack things twice. You have Metal Slash for attacking Metal Slime enemies, which is great for, you know, leveling up and getting experience. You have Multi Slice, uh, which lets you attack a whole group multiple times. There's Multi Fist, which lets you punch multiple enemies. <laughs> Gladiator is just... it's a pretty big powerhouse job in Dragon Quest 7 and that's one of the reasons why I just I really love it a lot. Then there is Sage. Sage you get by mastering Mage and Priest. I did that super early on and turned Maribel into a Sage and she was super OP for like a huge chunk of Dragon Quest 7 just because I've managed to get a Sage with her early on and it was just like she could heal anybody, she could blast away some enemies, she could buff me up. I mean she just had all these cool spells she's got magic barrier oomph, and insulate which helps protect you from damage so much especially in boss fights there's multi heal which is like fantastic and cuisine, and there's just all of those like k spells ka spells that you get in the game that a sage has that just it's really great I thought sage was going to be my favorite class in Dragon Quest Seven, and then I unlocked druid, <laughs> and I turned Mirabelle from a sage into a druid, which is even druid is just even better. Uh, you get that by mastering sage and luminary, so it's gonna take it's gonna take some time, but by the time druid gets up to like level three, I think on the vocations, you've got pretty much every. Cast spell in the game, protective spells. I mean, I finished Maribel as a druid on every one of my playthroughs of Dragon Quest Seven that I've played so that I've beaten so far. They just learn some super powerful spells like Big Banga and Special Summon. They're like a sage, and then you get a druid. And if you're like me, you're like, oh man, nothing can beat sage. This is awesome. And then you get a druid, and then you're like, oh my gosh, druid can beat sage. Which kind of leads me to the next two vocations, the final two vocations I wanted to talk about today, which are Champion and Hero. Now, I'm going to talk about Champion first. Champion is unlocked by mastering Gladiator and Paladin, which are two jobs I love, so it doesn't really feel like a grind. Whereas, getting to Druid feels like a grind because I don't like the Luminary vocation very much in Dragon Quest Seven. Getting to Champion just feels easy breezy because I like the classes that you have to master in order to get Champion. Champion, it's got a ton of useful abilities and spells. There's Kabuff, Kazeen, Kazap, Multi-Heal, Giga Slash, Blade of Ultimate Power. I mean, there's just tons of cool stuff that Champion can learn. My first time beating Dragon Quest Seven, I had Ruff and Sir Mervyn both as Champions and Maribel is a druid, my hero was a hero, and honestly the final boss was just like nothing. I mean, I I took him down no problem. So, if you're willing to put in the work, champions are a winner for sure. Hero, this is the last one I need to talk about today, but I mean, mean, it's called Hero, so you know it's going to be great. Uh, the thing about hero, only the hero can learn it, big surprise there, but you regain health every round, uh, which makes it pretty hard for monsters to take you down, especially if you have some buffs and stuff thrown up on your character. I mean, regaining HP is just like an invaluable boost to your character anyway. Basically, the hero is the best of both worlds. You, It's like champion and druid all mixed into one, which basically means if you're a hero, you're unstoppable. I mean, as a hero, there's pretty much nothing that's going to take you down, especially assuming that you have lots of MP and other things. You get Omni Hill, uh, which heals everyone all the way back up to full health, and uh, the Kazapple spell. So there's just some great offensive and support spells that you can get from playing as a hero, and that's why Even though I guess it kind of is cheating to say hero is my favorite vocation because it's like kind of meant to be the best one. Even though that is kind of cheating, I definitely have to say that the hero is my favorite vocation in Dragon Quest VII. So what about you guys listening? I know people shared some of their answers with us on Twitter. But if you're listening today and you thought, man, Austin, you did not talk about the vocation that I wanted you to talk about, then you can totally... Let us know. We're on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. We're also on Patreon at Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. If you want to talk to me personally, you can totally do that. I'm on Twitter at DragonQuaston. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week as we continue and finish up our deep dive into Dragon Quest Seven. Bye-bye.